This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Welcome along to another edition of Talking Travel on 2NURFM. I'm Wayne Stamp. With me is Barry Warwick. We're here for our sponsor, Travel World on King, and we're going to talk cruising today. Barry, we have a guest to go cruising with. Um, yes, we've got Roger from Wiltrans, and they represent Seven Seas um, Cruises, uh, Regent Seven Seas Cruises. So. Hey, Roger. Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, cruising has changed a little these days, hasn't it? It certainly has. There's been a lot of changes, I think, over the past, oh gosh, even just 10, 15, 20 years ago. The, uh, I think the uh, travelling public has changed a lot. Our lives have changed and uh, the travel industry, especially the cruise industry, has had to change with them. There have been a whole lot of little niche markets that have opened up for different styles of cruising and I guess you would see both ends of it, especially with uh, Region 7 Seas cruises and some of the other lines that you've got. What's, what do you see is basically the difference between the cruising styles that are, open, that are available these days to the travelling public? Well, there is a great deal available. Uh, the difference is you can do absolutely anything, uh, depending on you know any budget that you're on, whether you're looking for something very simple or you want to go something that's completely all-inclusive uh, for a luxury product. You have uh, adventure cruising. We have themed cruises that may focus on food and wine or theatre, historical aspects, the arts. Theatre. I mean, whatever you uh, really can think of, you'd probably be able to find a cruise that would be suitable for your particular tastes and uh, kind of what you would like to do during your vacation. Is there anything that's a favourite for people? Do they look for something in particular when they go cruising or are they open to all sorts of things now? Yeah, I think they're open to all sorts of things. Uh, I mean, there's a time now where you can basically go uh, ice skating, you can go rock climbing up the funnels of the ships Mm. and things like that if you want to do the big uh, mega-style ships. Or like with our vessels, you can, you know, have a little bit more elegant experience and a luxury experience on board. So it it really just caters to everyone. It doesn't matter either what the age group is these days as well. Do you find that one of the things that you see more often these days is people coming back for second and third cruises? Oh, yes. Definitely our repeat factor speaks for itself. Uh, You are looking at about uh, 60-65% of all the guests on board any of our cruises are repeat guests. They've cruised with us at least once before. And the cruising industry has still the highest repeat factor of any holiday destination anywhere, whether it be uh, land-based or any other base. Now, you guys have done something really interesting. Barry was telling me about it before. Uh, I, I know that your inclusions are a little different. And Sorry, what I mean by that is for those people that haven't cruised before, you can. there are two ways you can pay for, your, uh, for those little extras on the boat. Everything can be included or you can pay for things like you know tipping, etc. It can be added on, right? That's correct. And uh, with our particular vessels, uh, with Region 7 Seas Cruises, there is uh, all-inclusive aspects. So all of your beverages throughout the ship, in the bars, in the restaurant, uh, all your basic liquors and wines are all included. It's a non-gratuity ship, so there's no tipping on board and so on. It really does make for, a, well, I think a much more comfortable, elegant atmosphere. And, and the reason I ask the question is that there's been a rather amazing discovery about the amount of alcohol that's being consumed. Well, that's right. You would, you would think that if it was complimentary, we'd be going through bucket loads of yeah. it. Um, but in fact, that's not the case. Uh, you'll find that people are still drinking moderately and so on. And in fact, uh, you'll find that the, uh, the actual consumption is a little lower than what it was uh, previously. That's amazing, isn't it? It's just one of those little things that you find out along the way that I think always surprises people. Yeah, I think so. 
It's uh, quite different, and I think one of the best things about an all-inclusive environment is it brings people out of their suites and out of their staterooms, and it creates a very social atmosphere in all the public areas on board because it's just a nice all-inclusive atmosphere. Well, part of it too, I guess, would be that you know once you got on board, you think, well, gee, it's all done. I don't have to put my hand in my pocket well, anymore. Well, exactly. You can kind of put your purse or your wallet in inside your safe, lock it away, and you don't have to touch it again. Particularly for Australians, uh, where tipping is is always a big issue. You know, no one really knows what they're supposed to do and whether you tip the food waiter or the, you know, the cabin attendant, etc. So um, exactly, it, it certainly makes a difference, and I think it's it's really it's it's nothing. You know, people are just a little bit. Uh, not used to tipping as other countries may be and we basically want to tip the right amount and so you, you never want to tip too low you never want to tip too much so it's just nice to have all of that taken care of for you welcome back we're talking travel on 2NURFM for our sponsor travel world on king i'm wayne sam with me is barry warwick and on the line we have roger condon from will trans who look after cruises like region seven seas cruises we're going to take a look at uh, some of the different places you can cruise to these days well We'll we'll start with Alaska um, because that's a that's a seasonal uh, area, but after that uh, the ships have to relocate. So Roger, if you can sort of fill us in on some details about um, you know uh, the the Alaskan season and and also uh, you know what happens to say ships after they they leave Alaska. Oh sure, our ships basically go everywhere, all all four points of the earth. Um, Alaska basically operates. So every uh, season between May and September, on average, uh, the cruises with us are around seven nights in duration. Uh, you can cruise out of Vancouver or out of Seward, which is the port for Anchorage, way up in northern Alaska. And the strange thing about Alaska is I find that a lot of people have said to me in the past, uh, it's the kind of destination that they'll do when they retire. No, 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 that's definitely not the idea. Alaska, in my opinion, I spent 13 years at sea, eight of them on board Region 7 Seas Cruises, and Alaska is one of the most adventure-orientated cruises that you can do. Uh, from cruising up to areas where you can do helicopter flights, seeing over glaciers, you can hike and uh, so on over glaciers, you can do river rafting, you can do lots of exciting things. You can even do dog sledding, can't you? You surely can. You fly right on top of that glacier and you uh, mush the dogs. It's quite a lot of fun, especially when you see how how fast the dogs want to go. They're anxious <laughs> to go running. It's quite incredible. Yeah, and I seem to re- remember that uh, someone on the when I was on the cruise, they they sort of um, zipped off and did some. Was it a major sport or something like that that they can do up there as well? Well, there are lots of kind of like motorised activities you can do. They even have things like ATV driving through the wilderness if you would like to do so. And there's the salmon sports fishing and halibut sports fishing and all that kind of thing, as well as the scenic flight seeing on float planes and helicopters. Now's about the time you start to look to next year, isn't it? For some reason or other, we booked 12 months out for Alaska. Is it just it's so popular? It is very popular. I think it's, it's a great kind of module that a lot of people just add on to their USA or their Canada vacation. And most people link up one of those seven-day cruises with time in the Rockies uh, through Banff and Calgary and Jasper and do the Rocky Mountaineer train or something uh, out of Vancouver. And then, of course, you have spectacular Denali National Park up in the true northern Alaskan wilderness, and you can fly around one of the uh, tallest mountains in the world, Mount McKinley and so on. And the wildlife, Barry, you know all about the wildlife, absolutely awesome. That's that's right. There's certainly um, bears, um, humpback whales. There are orcas, bald eagles, 
sea otters. It's absolutely incredible. I, I can remember when I was on uh, doing the cruise, um, we spotted some whales and uh, the captain actually did a 360 in his ship, which absolutely amazed me. And that's so that everybody could have had a look at the, um, you know, get the same view of the whales. And it, it really is fantastic. I agree. And one of, the, one of the best things about our ship is that uh, the ship has all suites, all balconies. Even the lead-in accommodation, the minimum accommodation, has your own private balcony. So as soon as the captain makes an announcement, there be whales here, you just step right outside onto your own balcony and there they are. That's one of the big differences in cruising, isn't it? You know, you, you go back... Gee, I was thinking the other day, you can even go back to about um, the year 2000 and the, the different design in ships between then and now is astounding. <laughs> absolutely incredible if you go back a few decades i mean balconies were only available to those in the top five penthouses on yeah. board and now uh, everybody wants a private balcony yeah and, and why not yeah absolutely it's beautiful <laughs> and if the shipbuilders can do it why not enjoy it exactly exactly yeah. now after, after alaska some of the cruises go on to um asia and on to um you know japan coming down into china vietnam uh, Singapore, etc. That's right. In fact, at the end of the Alaska season, the Seven Seas Mariner scoots over from Alaska across the North Pacific. Her first cruise calls into places like Kodiak Island along the Aleutians, and then she goes to Petropavlovsk on the Kamchatka Peninsula, which is the Russian Far Eastern into Japan. Uh, then we have uh, great voyages through China, and we take you into Beijing for two days. Uh, Shanghai and Barry, isn't Shanghai just an amazing city? Absolutely incredible. Well, I actually haven't been to Shanghai, but it's one of those places that you I just definitely need to go. Every time I look at photos of it, it's just changed so dramatically. It is. It really just makes your head spin where Hong Kong used to be the city of dazzle and lights and towers. Uh, Shanghai has uh, almost overtaken that. Uh, it's really amazing. And then, of course, we get down to Vietnam, Thailand, uh, and then the ship ends up down, in fact, uh, going around Australia uh, and uh, into Sydney, Melbourne and Perth and Albany, uh, and then across to New Zealand and back up to the United States through Tahiti. Is that one of those things that Australians like to do, cruise around their own country? In fact, it is. Uh, one of our most popular cruises is the Singapore through to Sydney or joining in Hong Kong through to Sydney. Yeah. Um, I think because it's close to home, you only have to fly there, and once you get there, you unpack once, and you cruise all the way home, which is, I think, really fantastic. Because you can buy all this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? We were just discussing that with someone today. They actually are doing their Christmas shopping they don't have to worry about baggage allowance. They just put it all on board the ship and cruise home with it, all their Christmas goods. Welcome back. We are talking travel on 2NURFM. We're here for our sponsor, Travel World on King. I'm Wayne Stan. With me is Barry Warwick on the line. In Sydney is Roger Condon from Wiltrans. They look after cruise lines like Region 7 Seas Cruises. Uh, cruising has well, changed a bit, hasn't it? It has changed. And, and look, butler service, some of the ships have now done away with butler service, but... I've never been able to afford a butler, and I just wanted to know what a butler does on the ship and, um, you know, who they look after. You've, got, you've always got your cabin steward on a, a, a normal one. Why is the, what's the difference between that and a butler? Well, I guess a butler really takes care of those little extras for you once you're on board. Uh, most butler services are available on ships on their concierge deck or their higher suite categories. And it's things from as simple as uh, when you get on board and you unpack, of course, from your suitcase. Normally, uh, your clothing, even if you are the best 
attacker in the world is a, a little bit crushed, uh, the butler will take care of that, have everything pressed for you that evening. Uh, he'll also do any little extras for you that you may need doing. Even if you don't want to run down to the shore excursion desk on board, the butler will run down with your shore excursion booking form. Uh, if you would like to organise a special cocktail party in your suite, the butler will come and discuss all that with you and perhaps arrange something a little bit special. And he'll take care of perhaps restaurant reservations ashore. If you're going to be calling into a beautiful port of call like Monte Carlo and you want to have dinner at uh, Louis Kahn at the Hotel de Paris, he'll make those reservations for you at the restaurant. So he just takes care of those little extras. So it's kind of a very much a carefree environment. So if, um, if you want to have a romantic dinner for two in your cabin, you just click your fingers to the butler and say, look, this is what I want. And he'll, he'll then make sure that you, um, you get that. Exactly, and luxury cruise lines, they offer that kind of thing. And in fact, the butler, unlike you know what it's like when we're in a hotel and we order room service, everything comes on a trolley. Yep. Um, and it comes from your salad to your main course to your dessert. Uh, by the time you've finished your main course, your ice cream is, is melted. Uh, but the butler will serve each course to you, course by course, just like you're in the restaurant, but you're enjoying it in the privacy of your own room. Gee, that's a hard life to take, isn't it? Jeez, I can't wait to do this on Alaska again. <laughs> And, and look, um, ships have also moved into the, the elegant dining uh, type things. Now, some ships have, have actually got licensed, um, you know, uh, I, I guess a license from restaurants. Uh, oh, like a partnership. Is a it? partnership, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of the luxury cruise lines are doing just that. In fact, I think... It's funny, Barry, wouldn't you agree that the word luxury is bandied around like you, you wouldn't believe? And so you, it's hard to define these days, but I think one of those definitions is choice. And uh, you'll find, uh, unlike the old days where you just had one dining room to dine in on a cruise ship, these days you have up to four, five, six different restaurant locations that cater to all different kinds of cuisines. Uh, and one of the partnerships that I know of is the beautiful French La Cordon Bleu. And uh, that's something that uh, kind of just makes things a little bit different. How do you go as far then as you've got people being pampered on board, you've got you know, these great places for them to eat. What do they do for entertainment? Oh, there's lots of uh, styles of entertainment these days. You know, the sh cruise ships always still do the usual things. You have your big uh, Broadway-style, what I call feathers and legs uh, production shows, where you have things from Broadway, maybe the 50s and 60s, maybe a, a Cole Porter review. Then there are vocalists, there are magicians, ventriloquists, uh, all sorts of things uh, to keep you occupied during the evening. And the, there's usually cabaret singers as well. Um, That's right. The, the, so you're not actually stuck in, like, um, you don't have to go to the big show every night. You've got somewhere else that you can actually go and relax and um, see something right. different. Exactly. And, you know, uh, really, being on a ship these days, again, I think that word is choice. Even while the production show or the big show is going on, there are other forms of entertainment going on in other areas of the ship. Or, if you prefer, just a beautiful candlelit bar if you want something quiet and maybe just a pianist in the background. So there's lots of different choices. And then during the day, the amount of activities and enrichment programs. So you don't just have go have fun. You also have the opportunity to learn about the places you may be seeing, whether it be photography, art and design, the performing arts, there's history, archaeology, uh, literature, even jewellery and shopping for the ladies. So there's lots of stuff going on. 
That's that's right. I mean, that can be a bit dangerous, though, the jewellery, can't it? <laughs> yes, normally when I mention that, the guys, they cringe, uh, and the, the ladies, they just love me, but uh, <laughs> I just that's tell the ladies to make sure they have their husband's credit cards. Is <laughs> part of having to put all of these you know, different things together now, is it because we've just become... Uh, we're not prepared to sit on our bums anymore and do nothing. We, you know, we want to get involved in so many more things these days. Is that what what part of it is? Exactly. I think uh, the past twenty, thirty years, the travel industry has changed. Uh, I guess where it used to be for a select few, almost all of us have travelled at some stage, and we do it yearly, even uh, perhaps even more. And the baby boomers are now tra- uh, travelling a lot. Um, we've become very au fait. The world has become so small, Barry. Um, and it's become so easy to travel, and uh, people's expectations are quite high. They know exactly what they want. Um, one thing that you would never have seen on a cruise ship uh, 10 years ago was internet services. Mm. Now people are demanding the highest speed internet services because they need that connection to home and, and so on. It's amazing. The, the one thing that really amazed me when I was um, doing the Alaska cruise was that there would be whole families of, uh, you know, the grandparents would have taken not only their children but their grandchildren along. So you've got this this great big range through the um, through the ship, so that uh, it it wasn't just one age group that that the ships were appealing to. Exactly, and now I mean, uh, cruise ships cater for families; they cater for adults. Uh, and, I mean, even with Region 7 Seas, they have what's called an Ambassadors of the Environment program, which is a, uh, a partnership with the Jean-Michel Cousteau Society. So uh, there really is uh, quite a lot to do there for families of all ages. Yeah, uh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Thank you very much. been a pleasure talking to you yeah. today. So if you're thinking about doing a bit of travelling, hey, on cruising especially, I think we've got you well and truly informed. And listen, we'll be back again next Friday to do it all again when we talk travel for our sponsor, Travel World on King, here on 2NURFM 103.7.